Bienvenidos and welcome back to Puro Pinche Gol, the place we discuss all things USMNT y la Selección Mexicana. My name is Adrian, joining me once again is my co-host in Tocayo, Adrian. Adrian, what's good, man? How are you, dude? Dude, Monday night, tough day, but ready <laughs> Damn, to talk. Man. It's already barely Monday and you're already sighing that hard. Oh, yeah. It'll be a long week, man. Um, it's going to be a long week, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, ready to talk. Uh, you know, got a good episode for you guys today. We're going to be going over recent reports that um, have kind of subsided. They, ha- they haven't made, been made official. Uh, MLS, CONCACAF, Liga Mekis are kind of saying something different. Uh, CONMEBOL is saying something else. But what we heard was that um, MLS and Liga Mekis will be participating moving forward in la, Copa, in la Copa Libertadores, the South America's Champions League, more or less. Um, so we're going to be giving our thoughts on that. What does that mean for both leagues and for Conmebol, for CONCACAF? And uh, also, we're going to be kind of doing our way too early uh, lineup and roster predictions for uh, USMNT and Liga and uh, La Selección Mexicana for the uh, next year's Copa América. So, Adrián, man, let's get into it. Um, obviously, Copa Libertadores is a tournament we're both familiar with. Um, for the longest time, Liga Mekis teams participated in in that tournament yeah. uh and uh, it's been a couple of years now well has it been like seven eight years that they haven't mm-hmm. um gone down there uh but uh you know obviously it's the, the the cream of the crop as far as american north and south american tournaments it's the champions league of conmebol uh has teams from you know all 10 uh conmebol nations uh some of the biggest clubs we've played uh boca junior santos corinthians atletico nacional independiente just to name a few um and, you know, the prize money, it's just a lot more for Copa Libertadores, right? I mean, if we compare Copa Libertadores to League's yeah. Cup and to Conca Champions, uh, the champion of the Copa Libertadores last year got $18 million. While if you qualify for the group stage, even if you went out in the group stage, you got $3 million. Uh, to put it into perspective, the League's Cup winner will get $2 million, the champion. Um while Conca, Champ- uh, Conca Champions, the uh, it's for the next season, it's going to be updated from four million winner to five million runner up, four million seventh place, five hundred thousand. And if you're not in the top seven place, you don't get anything. So you know, for Copa Libertadores, it's a huge incentive for teams to get in it because if you qualify in it, even if you're in the group stage, you get three million dollars, which is a lot for yeah. a lot of these teams. Um, <laughs> yes, so, can you explain what, what what are kind of the rumors about this? What has been said? about MLS Liga Mekis. So as you as you said, right, uh, it's been, a, I, I don't know if shortly after Tigres went and lost against River Plate, I think that that's probably the last or maybe close to the last year that Mexico participated yeah. on that uh, Conmebol. Uh, and as we all know, they were forced essentially by CONCACAF to stop playing at Libertadores because CONCACAF changed their format. Well, not the format, but the schedule. So it, it would it would it would purposely conflict with Libertadores, um, and so rumor has been going around, and I think it's it's no secret that Colmebol is trying to get into the U.S. market more uh, more now than they have ever you know been interested. I believe it's because they have noticed that there's a huge number of uh, Hispanics in well not Hispanics but Latinos in general in the United States. Um, just to give a perspective, I, I, I'm not sure if this is concrete or if this is a fully, you know, 100% done, but it looks like Argentina is going to have a second headquarter in Miami. Yeah. Uh, not, not only because of Messi, but they're trying to, as I said, attract more or generate more interest in the U.S. because they know that that's where the big bucks are. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if Conmebol ends up in cahoots with CONCACAF to make sure that at least the biggest, the two biggest leagues in CONCACAF are, take, are being taken in consideration uh, to participate in Copa Libertadores. So that's essentially, you know, the gist of it, right? Most of the owners are saying, well, this should this will increase competi- competitiveness in our teams. Uh, participating in Copa Libertadores is better than just playing CONCACAF Champions League and whatnot. So... I think it's a mix of everything, right? It's a mix of them trying to make more money. It's a mix of, of course, uh, having to play with those teams that have, you know, top-notch talent. Uh, also, incre- you know, makes your teams more competitive. Um, and then, of course, increasing the awareness of your team, internationally speaking. But that's 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 the rumors going around is that it looks like M- MLS and Liga MX will join uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, this new Copa Libertadores edition, um, and and as I said, I, I think it's it's a uh, it's still a rumor. It's not a hundred percent set in stone, but I think at least in this this is the latest reports have been the stronger one, the strongest ones in the last I don't know five years, where mm-hmm. we have read or heard of this specific rumor. So I think it's just a matter of them lining up, you know, a couple of details on how would you classify to the Copa Libertadores, how they're going to make it work so CONCACAF teams can, can keep on playing, Conca, uh, I guess, the CONCACAF champions. And, uh, you know, I don't know if there's also... I haven't seen this uh, or I haven't read this in any report, but uh, I, I believe MLS and Liga Makers are fighting for having, uh, I guess, stronger representation in the sense that for the longest time, uh, the Mexican teams, even even if they qualify as a top uh, team on the group stage and they make the most points, right? Even if they show up to the final as the best team of the competition, the second leg of the final would always be played at South American field. So that was that's what happened to Tigres. Tigres won pretty much all of the matches they had on the group stage. They defeated every single round of elimination all the way to the final. And even though they were ranked non-number one team in points for Copa Libertadores, they had to play the second leg at Argentina. And that was a huge disadvantage for him, for them. So I think that's one of the one of the situations that MLS and Liga Mekis are trying to sort out, which is, hey, yes, we want to be part of that. Um, and we understand we have a lot of leverage, economically speaking. Um, and we want, th- we want a, a level playing field, right? We don't want this kind of, you know, BS that you're trying to pull where, it's nothing but uh, South American referees and South American teams have, you know, the advantage of home of home field uh, on those last instances and other, you know, small nuances. Yeah, a lot to still, like you said, uh, iron out. Um, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of the pros for both sides, for Conmebol and for the CONCACAF teams. Conmebol obviously making exposure here. A lot of Argentinos, a lot of Brazilians, a lot of South Americans in general in the United States. They saw how much money they made from the 2016 Copa America that was played in the States. Yeah, Obviously, that, that had a role in the one that's going to be played next year in the States. It's just a lot of money up here. They could, you know, why does Mexico play agree to play Leagues Cup in the United States and all their amistosos, their friendlies in, in the States? Because they can charge dollars in lieu of charging pesos, right? And make triple, quadruple the amount of money they would make, you know, having those games in Mexico. And they fill the stadiums. So, uh, you know, financially, it makes sense for... Um, 
Conmebol to you know add MLS and Liga MX teams out there. Obviously, Liga MX you know fans are familiar with the prestige of this tournament and uh, you know are dying to get back in there. Um, some of the cons that are said by people that are like kind of against this, just that um you know with Leagues Cup, with Conca Champions, with uh, MLS or Liga MX, um, I don't know if they're going to bring Copa MX back anytime soon. But you know, there's also um, the uh, the MLS Open, the MLS what is it called, the uh, US Open Cup. Um, so yeah. between all that and adding Copa Libertadores, granted not all teams participate in all these tournaments, it's just going to be um, a lot more travel. Uh, you know, MLS already travels between you know Vancouver to Orlando and across the freaking country. Uh, you, you Mexico Mexican teams are always traveling to the states and between Mexico, um, so a lot of more travel and it's just a more and more packed calendar, which can lead to more injuries yeah. and can you know equal to thinner squad. And uh, just, uh, you know, there's there's obviously cons al- along with it. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops. And, uh, uh, you know, I know, I think we're both in favor of it. Um, it you know, mon- financially makes sense for these MLS and VI make these clubs. You know, you qualify, you automatically get $3 million. That's insane. Um, That's the further you go, <laughs> yeah, the, fur- the further you go, the more you get. Um, so um, it's just a, a way of, they just have to, like I said, figure out the logistics of it and, um find a way to you know make it as um travel friendly i guess as possible uh for these north american teams uh yeah. we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on it and update you guys as uh developments uh, come through on this uh switching to our next topic adrian um you know the the copa americas next summer gonna be played in the united states um we just got th- done with two major tournaments here in north america copa oro and nations league um, and we want to give our way too early predictions of lineups <laughs> for L3 and for USMNT. Why don't you get us started with um, L3? Let us know, you know, first your assumptions. What, what, what did you think of before putting your list together and then go down your list? Definitely. So the assumptions that I made, dude, are three specific, very specific ones. I am, I am taking in consideration that Jimmy Lozano remains as the head coach of Mexico because that helps me to put together a lineup and an expected formation. Um, secondly, I am assuming that Tecatito, Corona, and Irving Lozano, El Chucky, are staying in Europe. There's a lot of rumor going around that Irving Lozano is going to go, it's looking into uh, playing at LAFC or maybe in Saudi Arabia. There's also rumors that Tecatito Corona might be on the, on the path of rejoining Monterrey sometime soon. So if I think if all of them stay in Europe, they have a good chances of being called up for this for this tournament. I don't know if 2026, but for Copa America, definitely. And then lastly, I'm not taking in consideration any player that is less than 22 years old by the time Copa America hits. So for example, Osiel Herrera will be 22 or 23 by the time. Um, and that's what I mean. And I, I believe, even though there might be some young lads out there who might make it to this list, who prove themselves and are, you know, they show that they're worthy for a call-up. Um, not not today, not on my list. <laughs> so that's what I want to make make very clear. Um, sure. And so I'm, I'm going to give my, you know, my expected starting, and then we can I can probably just, you know, add in, sprinkle some of the players that I think can also occupy a specific position, and maybe they're going to be like bench players. Sounds good. All right. All right, so for goalkeeper, I think obvious. I don't, I, I don't see either Carlos Acevedo or, or Luis Malagón or David Padilla in, 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 on my wildest dreams, right? Uh, trumping Memo Ochoa. 
I think Memo Choa is going to still be the go-to goalkeeper for Mexico, at least in the next, you know, couple of years, uh, especially if he's able to, you know, keep on playing at the highest level, even if it's with Saler Lintana. Um, so it's either Memo Choa or Carlos Acevedo on that specific role. For defense, for the defense I have, I think a no-brainer, and if he's able to stay injury-free, Cesar Montes, it's going to be one of the center backs. Johan Vasquez is going to be the second one. I think that's, uh, as I said, it's pretty straightforward. I don't see why we should change it for someone else. Nonetheless, I want to sprinkle Victor Guzman as a potential third option. I think if Victor Guzman has a strong 2023, 2023-2024 uh, football year, I think it's a chance for him to join a European side and maybe also prove that he's worthy of challenging Johan Vasquez for that position. I don't think anyone can challenge Cesar Montes at this point or in the next in the next year, especially if he goes to a Premier League side. Um, as a left back, I have Jesus, Jesus Gallardo. I think you know Mexico doesn't have that many left backs. He's definitely the the top the top one right now. I expect Gerardo Ortega to pick up the pace and show that he can compete against Jesus, Jesus Gallardo and trap them position. But I think initially Jesus Gallardo will be the starting eleven left back. As a right back, we have Jorge Sanchez. Um, I think he, he's heavily criticized, but all in all, he has proven to be the most reliable uh, right back that Mexico can have right now. Yes, he has had you know ups and downs in Ajax, but I think he he's capable of putting up strong displays of performance when he really focuses on. Um, I, I see Julian Araujo as a fallback for uh, Jorge Sanchez, and I think he's going to be good that he's moving to a smaller team in Spain to get more experience. As far as the midfield goes, I think Luis Chavez is still it's going to be one that we continue to see in, in Mexico. Edson Alvarez is also a, you know, this guy has to be part of the team. So if they're able to, to uh, stay healthy and continue you know, developing their careers in Europe, I think it's a, you know, given that they're going to be at Copa America. Now the next one uh, are just, you know, the, the one that I see as the third midfielder and a sprinkle the other ones that I've, I've, I see as a bench or a, as a potential option. I think either, uh, well, I, I believe that Luis Romo is going to stay as a third a center midfielder. I think Luis Romo has proven to be an effective, a good uh, team player, and also reliable when Jimmy Lozano needed, needed him. Uh, Jimmy Lozano knows him pretty well. He called him up for uh, Los, Las Olimpiadas, and uh, he trusts Luis Romo's uh, form. So I think those three are going to be the starting ones. I also see Eric Sanchez as a, you know, continues uh, or continued sub for Luis Romo or, or Luis Chavez. I also see Marcel Ruiz. I think Marcel Ruiz is one of those pieces that we take for granted, but he's a, he's an outstanding player. He's quite young. He's going to be like 23 or 24 by Copa America. He has had a really good two last uh, tournaments with Toluca, and I see him maybe joining a small team in Europe. So I think Marcel Ruiz will be a good uh, surprise. And lastly... I feel that one of the one of the small things that uh, Jimmy Lozano was lacking on on the team at Gold Cup was someone like Sex Sebastián Caractuba. I think the CEO of Sex will be uh, will be essential for uh, Jimmy Lozano. I don't know if he's going to start, but I think he's going to be a great sub for Jimmy Lozano. And Jimmy Lozano really knows, really understands how to put that number ten player in a, in a position where he's, he's going to he's going to be effective. So those are my midfielders. And lastly. As, as far as the attacking side goes, um, I see right wing Aztecatito, striker, starting striker Bebote Jimenez. I think it's not, it's a, you know, it's bound to happen. 
Henry Martin, you're kicking ass, dude. But it's it's about this time, so we gotta we gotta pay respect where it's due. And uh, lastly, I see as a left wing Irving Lozano. Um, again, if Tecatito and Lozano are able to stay at the top level, keep on playing as as much as they can in Europe, there's a I think it's pretty much a given they're gonna be called up and start start for El Tri. Um, additional players in here, I see Jose Herrera as a potential uh, right right wing. Maybe maybe Antuna. Um, as a striker, I maybe see Henry Martin. And I have a hot take, dude. Um, I know that there's a lot of rumors behind uh, Raúl Jiménez maybe staying at a Premier League side, maybe going to MLS. We don't really know what's going to be what the future departs for him. But one thing for sure is that he's not the same. So I re- I really find it hard to believe that he's going to get get called up consistently in the next year especially if he's unable to have strong performances and show that he's on top-notch form, right? So my hot take here is Julian Quiñones. I think Julian Quiñones, it's, you know, a... Personally, I don't, I don't, I don't give a, you know, I don't give an avocado's ass, I guess, <laughs> to, put it, to put it in perspective, if he's, a, if, if he's a, a non-homegrown player or if he's not Mexican, right? I don't, I don't care. I don't think uh, El Tri is a... A reflection of the Mexican society in any way. Um, it doesn't represent Mexico as a country. It's just a freaking soccer team, right? So I think Julian Quiñones is a hot take where he's a strong player. He he's definitely you know he has the skills that no other Mexican striker has. Um, he's still young, so he can join a European side. He has his Mexican citizenship, so why not explore the idea of calling a strong, physical, fast forward that you can have? On your roster, I know it's a hot take, but it's a it's a gamble that I will I will be willing I, w- I would be willing uh, to put in place for Jimmy Lozano. Um, as far as the leg wing goes, we also have Orlin Pineda who can play as, as a center midfielder or as a left wing, um, and maybe Alexis Vega or Piojo Alvarado. Although I don't see Alexis Vega, uh, you know, picking up the pace and regaining any kind of form in the next year. I think he's, the injuries are going to keep keep on piling up. His his end with Chivas is not going to be you know, uh, clean or, or nice. I think he's going to end up in, you know, in, in shambles in the way that it's going to be disruptive for him and Chivas. Um, and if he's not on, on point, if Piojo Alvarado continues to have a consistent, uh, display of, of performances, he, I think he's, a, he's a decent sub for sure. You know, I don't think it was a hot take to put, uh, Julian Quinones there. Um, He's been in Mexico for the longest time. Like you said, he has his Mexican citizenship. And I think, you know, before there was a stigma where, you know, oh, Mexican national team should be nothing but Mexicano, Mexicano-born. Um, I think it's slowly going away. I mean, I, I know I know that there's still a lot of commentators, pundits, uh, press, um, critics that say, you know, it should be all Mexican-born. But uh, I don't think Mexico has the luxury to be able to be so picky at this time. Um, <laughs> exactly. And every the, every single other national team is doing it, right? right. Why not? Why, exactly. why wouldn't you do it? Um, I had a question for you. Well, two. Um, so this is considering you're playing a four or three three, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, have Tecatito, Irving Lozano, and El Bebote ever started together as the front three? I don't think I've ever I don't seen think them so. Together, right? No. no, it's either uh-huh. one's always been injured so. or one didn't get called up. Or, mm-hmm. So that'd be that'd be really interesting to see if they're able to keep yes. that. Um, that uh, them all healthy. My hot take for this team is I think, you know, it, it's been rumored here the last 24 hours that, uh, and almost pretty much confirmed by Fabricio, uh, what's, what's Fabricio's last name? Fabricio what? Romano. 
Romano, right? Yeah, Fabrizio Romano that um, uh, el, what's his name? Uh, RJ, uh, Raul Jimenez uh, is going to uh, Fulham. And my hot take is that he reignites his career in Fulham and he Damn, dude, that would be great. He's yeah. into the squad. I think Fulham's a good yeah. a good place for him. Um, and definitely uh, he's going to be replacing, uh, what's his name? Mikovic? Uh, I forgot his name, but I think Mikovic Mi- is going to. Mihailovic? No, not Mihailovic. No. Uh, what was his name? They had a really good uh, Mitrovic. Mitrovic, uh, the forward. Mitrovic, he's going. Okay. He's going to uh, Saudi Arabia, I think. So that'll be a good place for uh, <laughs> Raúl Jiménez to land. Um, cool, man. No, I think I'm in. I mean, pretty much in agreement with your squad there. I mean, let's hope they all stay healthy and are all able to stay in Europe. Uh, we, we've seen some rumors mm-hmm. of like Cesar Montes coming back and a couple coming, like you said, uh, Irving Lozano going to LAFC. Let's hope they stay in Europe and at least to the next cycle of 2026 World Cup. They're still all very young to come back so early. Um, mm-hmm. But let's get into the USMNT's potential lineup for 2024 Copa America. Uh, my assumptions, this assumes that uh, Triple G, which they've already signed him to 2026, so I don't know why he wouldn't be there, uh, but uh, assumes that he's the coach. He brings the a team only um, doesn't try to get pretty with any of the B, C, D players um, and assume no major injuries to any of the players listed. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into it. I think uh, the, the formation I, I have them going with is a uh, four, two, three, one with Matt Turner being the goalkeeper undisputed. I don't think he'll lose a spot from here to, um, you know, the Copa America. I just hope that he's able to land a, a loan where he can play constant consistently. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. defense. It's one that we saw kind of in the Nations League with one change. I got Jedi Robinson on the left back, Sergino Dest on the right back, Chris Richards in the center back with uh, Tim Ream. I think Tim Ream once he comes Damn. back, he, he still has it in him to be a an old old center back there. Um, two <laughs> mid, the two midfielders. I got Eunice Musa and Weston McKinney. I know, I know. People are going to ask, where's Tyler Adams? You know, you have to either choose to play with three in the midfield, play that three triangle, or to play Gio Reyna like we did in the Nations League. I think having Gio Reyna just gave us a huge depth going forward and was critical. So um, I have Eunice Musa and Weston McKinney in the midfield. And forwards I have as a left wing, Pulisic, Christian Pulisic. As a right wing, Tim Weah. And kind of in the middle, in the number 10 role, Gio Reyna, creating all the chances there. Um, and as number one striker, Flo Balogun. Um, for the bench, Ricardo Pepe, Brandon Aronson, Luca de la Torre, uh, West, uh, Tyler Adams, uh, Slonina. I think he'll be replacing... Um, Johnson? Name, uh, not not Johnson, Horvath as a third keeper. Horvath. Uh, you think Steffen, so? I, really? Yeah, I think Zach Stefan gets wow. back. I think they, they need to start implementing him in there, man. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Lutton Town said that they weren't going to keep Horvath, even though they just went up with him. Um, so I don't know what Horvath's position or, you know, where he's going to land next season. So I, you know, even though Slonina is obviously not the number one goalkeeper in Chelsea, maybe if they don't sign anybody else, he'll be back up. So we'll see. Um, yeah. Alex Endejas, I think he'll still be called up, even though he had a really, really, really bad Copa America. Um, Walker Zimmerman, center back. Carl, uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, center back. Joe Scali, right back. Jordi Mihalovic as a midfield slash forward and Jesus Ferreira as a third striker. Um, we know that Triple G is in the Triple G. And even though he has a couple European <laughs> strikers like uh, Haji Wright, um, P-Fall, Josh Sargent. Josh Sargent, he'll probably still have Jesus Ferreira in there, which, I mean, 
shoot your shot, Jesus Ferreira, if you get a chance, man. More power to you. Um, one of the assumptions that I forgot to mention, this does kind of assume similar to you. No one like under 21, under 22 that you know could come up from here till then just because it's so hard to keep track of how many under 21, 20, 20 year olds are playing and you know who's going to mm-hmm. come in through the ranks. So this isn't really taken into consideration like Paxton Aronson who just moved, got to, got to move in Europe, who might break through and who might even be able to be on this team. It just depends. Uh, we haven't seen him really hit his stride yet. So, you know, yeah. he doesn't really consider any of those players that are still kind of uh, hitting their stride. Um, what do you think of this lineup? Is there anybody you would have, you know, kind of hot taked in, hot taked out, or anybody that you think I'm missing here? The First of all, this is a stacked lineup, dude. It's a... Uh... Every single time, I mean, I, I know that I always say this, but every single time I see the USMNT potential lineup with nothing but A players, it's it's just you know, yeah, it's amazing. See, man. It's, yeah, it's it's a, it's a strong lineup, dude. It's a strong. I mean, I know that the majority of them don't don't play at you know a top notch team, but it doesn't really matter. They have you know experience playing in Europe. They have experience playing against top notch talent. They face those big teams every single year. So to me, it's like this is just a very strong display for the USMNT. Um, my my hot, I think the hot take is that you're choosing whether Weston McKinney or Tyler Adams start. Um, I think I seriously doubt that Triple G is gonna relinquish his wish to not have you know both of them on the pitch just because how much he likes to safe keep a score or be initially defensively minded rather than yeah. focusing on of you know of making your offensive the best defense you have right. um i think i think that's going to be you know a hot take for for the next year uh but exactly but at the same time is we saw it during the nations league that they don't really need to have both of them on, on the pitch at the same time right yeah. It's enough to have Yunus Musa and someone else on his side. I think Yunus Musa has those abilities that either Tyler Adams or Weston McKinney lack, and Yunus Musa mm-hmm. is able to complement one of you know either he can complement Weston McKinney or Tyler Adams perfectly. Yeah. So uh, it's very interesting that you bring this up, man. I uh, you know I I think it's a hot take. I don't disagree with it, but I know there's going to be a couple of PPG fam you know fans out there that might, might be you know not so hot on your on your choose <laughs> on your i guess the decision here right um i personally don't like Jesus ferreira i think you have way better options than him right now and in the next year i don't see him going to you know a strong european side or even even making you know a name for his for himself in the next year um in europe so but triple g's got a triple g and uh i also see like i, I don't know why well I don't know. I think my my not concerns, but my questions will be more on the bench. Like, what would you take, Mihalovic? I know Mihalovic is you know he's playing well at Eredivisie, but he can probably call someone someone else that isn't him. Um, I also see you know Gabriel Tolina maybe not necessarily making it there just because of his current situation with Chelsea. Uh, but other than that, this is a this is a very well thought out. Uh, Starting eleven for Copa America. This, this this starting eleven can definitely put up a good fight against the likes of Uruguay, Brazil, Argentina, uh, Colombia. So whether they're gonna win or not, we don't really know. But they will definitely, you know, show up and make some fireworks, maybe. 
hot take if this team with all these stars, um, assuming no injuries, you know, or anything like that, right? Uh, if they don't get at least the semifinals, I think it'll be a failure playing at home. Damn, really? And, and, and with this squad, I mean, honestly, I think this squad, other than Uruguay, Argentina, and Brazil, it's probably the fourth best team at this point in time. Damn, dude, you're, you're cocky, bro. You're just, cocky, dude. <laughs> is, is, it, is it not? I mean, who, 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 I mean, Colombia's on a downfall. I mean, you know, yeah. Mexico's up, going up, but we haven't seen them play this A team. Um, Canada, we saw what they did to that. A watch team. out, watch out, Ecuador, though. Ecuador is it's coming up too, man. Ecuador, Ecuador is has good. Some, yeah. I, I guess to your point is, you know, it's definitely a hot take, especially for those who aren't necessarily well acquainted with the USMNT. If someone from like, you know, South America li listens to this, they're probably going to disregard you, right? But if they really pay. Yeah, exactly, but if they really pay attention to what you're saying and they look at the roster that you're putting together, right? Line by line, the USMNT has very strong players that are putting some good work out there in Europe. If you look at, you know, if we left out Uruguay, Argentina, Brazil, if you look at all the other rosters, I would, I, I would definitely, you know, make the argument that no, there's no other team in South America that has this many players in Europe, like the USMNT. Yeah, I'd agree to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot so of them it's, have... Sorry, go for it. No, 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 sorry, sorry. No, I was going to say, a lot of them have many European-based player -based players, but a lot of them also play in Brazil. Or Liga Argentina. MX. Liga MX, yeah. We know Liga MX is MLS? a fan favorite for Colombia, Venezuela, those types of countries, right? Ecuador. Exactly. Um, Paraguay. So, Paraguay, yeah. So uh, we'll see, man. I mean, it's going to be an exciting summer next year when we get to that. Uh, and plenty of changes can happen in a year. We could have a lot of breakout stars, a lot of uh, hopefully not injuries, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Adrian, man, as we wrap this episode up, dude, uh, where can our listeners find us? Dude, you can always find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast on. Last but not least, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Puro Pinchegol. We post stuff every now and then. Yeah, and make sure to uh, leave a comment below. Uh, let us know, I mean, if any hot takes you guys considered, um, you know, who did we miss anybody big? Um, who would you leave out for this Mexico or USA squad? Who would you include? Um, how do you think, you know, give us your early predictions. How far do you think Mexico will go in the tournament? How far do you think USA will go in the tournament? Will Triple G hinder USA? Um, will Jaime Lozano <laughs> be the coach for Mexico? We still need to find out. Um, so we definitely like interacting with you guys in the comments. So yeah, be sure to drop one down below. Uh, but Adrian, another good episode with your brother. I'll see you in the next one, dude. Take it easy, my friend. See you, man. Deuce.